Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Koski, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now, your host, Lisa Koski. Welcome, listeners. I am Lisa Koski, and I am an attorney who does divorce different. I don't fight things out in court. I work together with both parties through a divorce to help them come to an agreement together. So that is my passion and my calling. And today I'm so excited because I've been wanting to share this information. I'm going to give you six simple steps to help you divorce better and co-parent well. And I want to let you know, if you want to get this information in writing, it's in a current blog that I've done on my website, lisakoski.com. So check it out there. But I just want to begin with talking about when you are going through a divorce or anything difficult. I always think of these things when there's unrest in our country. Um, and I just think, oh, I wish people could use collaborative communication. And it's hard, but it's not impossible. And it's just a way that we can communicate better together. And the thing that I love, the little nugget that I really want you to stick with you today is that playing nice works much better than spewing your beliefs at someone. Okay, so the six steps I'm going to start. The first one, which I think probably is the most important, is to listen. And, you know, I fall prey to this so often in my marriage, in my parenting, in family relationships and friend relationships. I tend to jump in and want to tell you everything and tell you all about me because I'm focused on myself and I've been working so hard because if you think about the people that you like to be around, it's the people who are asking and really listening. So sometimes I can play the role and ask, and then I don't even listen. Like, you know how you ask for someone's name when you first meet them and it goes out of your head? It's because you're not really listening. So really wanting to hear what someone has to say and learning about them and taking the onus off of you, that just makes you a more fun person. It also works when you're talking through difficult things, like, you know, you're going through something like a divorce, it's extremely important to listen to the other person. So that's step number one. And it's simple. And I guess just to become aware, to practice it when you're with people, practice listening because some people are really good at it. And like me, it takes work. And I think, you know, you don't want a lecture. No one wants to listen to a lecture unless you're in a classroom. So I guess one thing would be is wait to share your information until you're asked. So that's when you know if someone really wants to know. Step number two is to build rapport. And you know how that is when you have a friend and it makes it easier. 
so I'm talking about a friend now, so I'm not talking about a divorce just to help you understand. But when you have rapport, you can have a friend that has a different belief than you. And you know that friend so well that you know there must be a good reason that they have that belief. And so you can kind of let it go. So you can, you know, the recent Roe v. Wade, you can be friends with someone that has a totally different viewpoint than you and know that they're not evil or sick, or you know that they're good people and that there's a reason. So that's rapport. When you're going through a divorce or you're having issues co-parenting, it's harder because you're not feeling friendly. But what I do want you to know is you can still have rapport with people that aren't your friends. And that's what we've got to kind of shoot for. And what I like to tell my clients who have this relationship, and sometimes it's really emotional and wound up, think back to when you did have rapport. Try to pull out those things because there was a reason that you got together with this person in the first place. So try to bank on those. Bring yourself back to that place and just Again, be aware that you need that rapport if you're going to get through something and come to an agreement or even persuade someone to your point of view. So a way to build rapport is to kind of find common ground. So when you're with your spouse, and I always do this in my mediations, I usually start with talk about something they agree on, like their kids, how great they are, how awesome they are. That's what I use. And that's what you can do. Build rapport on things that you already can agree on. And that will start the momentum moving forward in the right direction. Step number three is to invite explanations. So a lot of times people will express really strong policies. And often we don't even really understand all the ins and outs of that. So if you can listen and let them explain, you may just be helping yourself by having them see it in a better light because they'll really understand maybe some pieces that they don't know so well that they thought that they did. And sometimes just plain ignorance so that you kind of let them see the light without bringing them there because people really learn in their own head through their own experience and their own beliefs. So if you can let them explain, which feels so good to the person because they're being heard, sometimes they can actually see what's not working in their plan. Like if they explain when they want to have the kids and the schedule, they might see for themselves something that logically isn't going to work. And at the very least, you might learn something that you didn't know that convinces you that maybe they're right. So be open to that too that you might learn something or the other person will that will get you to an agreement. And then step number four is invite collaboration. So it's so frustrating when we are misunderstood, right? And it's frustrating for us and it's frustrating for someone else. So how do you criticize someone and still play nice, right? Because sometimes you're going to be critical and not like their idea. I'm looking at my notes because I did get some information and it was from a game theorist. I don't think I can pronounce his name, but I think it's Rapport, it's Rapport's Rules. And this is what he said, and I think it bodes well for collaborative conversations, is you 
you attempt to rephrase the other person's position. This is going to show them. So you've done all these steps and it's going to show them that you did listen and you know, that you want to understand. So be really clear and it's going to feel so good to them because they're going to be like, oh, they heard me. That feels good to be heard. And then list the points that you agree on, kind of like what I was saying before. So you're, you're going to build that momentum by showing what you agree on. Then let the other person know what you learn from their position, because there's always a learning moment. There's always something that you learn, even if you don't agree with it. You could say, well, I learned that you feel this way. Then after you've done those three steps, so you've played nice, you've given them the olive branch. Now you can voice your disagreements because they're sitting in a good place. They feel heard. And now they can follow your lead to have a better conversation. And then the fifth step, which is a little bit tricky, is to kind of understand the other party's reasoning. Some people are persuaded by evidence and some by peer pressure. And evidence is, for me, a little bit easier to deal with because you can just share facts and that will show the other person or persuade them, but that's not always what's going to work. And so if you're working to persuade someone that's not driven by evidence, ask a ton of questions. You can even ask them what would it take to change your mind? Because you're not going to persuade them by facts. So ask, just ask, what would it take to change your mind? And then kind of work from there. Okay, so we're at the last step, the sixth step, and it's lessons kind of from hostage negotiators. It's what they do. I know that seems kind of abrupt, but they are tools that can be helpful. And there's, I think there's four of them. So the first one is that you have little encouragers, just little minimal things like you, when you're listening, you say, yep, I see. Okay. So that's getting the person to feel listened to and that you're kind of understanding and agreeing, mirroring. So this shows the speaker that you're listening and it, use the last three words or so. So like if someone says, I'm sick and tired of you not responding to my text messages, you could say not responding to your text messages and kind of continue on. It gets the party talking more and it gives you useful information because the bare bones of what we're trying to do when we're trying to divorce together and co-parent together is to figure out what the issues are so that we can work together and compromise. And then the third step under this learn from the hostage negotiator section is to build a golden bridge. So you don't want people to feel stupid if they want to change their mind. Because that's sometimes, you know, our egos, sometimes that happens. So you could simply, you know, kind of explain that you understand that it would be difficult for you to change your beliefs if you were in their shoes. So just having that empathy and letting them know that it's okay if they change their mind, um, it's a very acceptable and that you would still respect them and that you can understand that. And then the fourth piece of the, the lessons from the hostage negotiators is it begin with things that are easy to solve. And I think that I said that before, it just builds momentum. You know, I think I said that I often start with something that the parties can agree on, like their, how great their kids are, or maybe a simple agreement that they've come to. And then 
sometimes just reminding people, you know, that they've had those, that you have agreed on certain things is extremely, extremely helpful. So like I said, if you want to get more information on this and go and read my blog, just go to my website, sign up for my newsletter. I love to give free information. And I just truly have such a heart for helping people communicate better. And I'm working on it, like I said, in my family, in my life, with my husband, with my children. I'm working on it in the world at large when people have differing opinions than me. I still want to love them. I still want to listen to them. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before the saddle up segment and this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my parenting plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective. And it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to, or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses and sign up for the parenting plan course now because when parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. So now that I'm winding down, this podcast, it's time for the saddle up segment, which I always have when I have guests, I ask them to give one piece of advice that someone can do right now. And I think my one piece of advice, well, it's hard, but the listening piece is so important that I talked about first. And I think one thing that you can do right away is just become aware because when you become aware of how you're listening, go easy on yourself. You know, you're just learning. But that awareness really um, gets you moving in the right direction because you can see that maybe you're, you're not listening and you could be doing better. And then just one other thing that I want to say, and I learned this from Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown, is that when someone tells you something about how they're feeling, just believe them. Even if it doesn't make sense to you, that's all you can do. So I leave you with that. I thank you so much for joining me on Doing Divorce Different today. And I just wish you well. Have a beautiful week and we'll see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.